You're listening to the Empowered Woman, Badass and Unfiltered Podcast, a place for inspiration, empowerment, and personal development. Showcasing badass women from all over the world, giving tips on personal development, mindset, and healing. I'm your host, Olivia, transformational success coach for spiritual female entrepreneurs. Now let's dive into this episode. the Empowered Woman, Badass, and Unfiltered podcast. Are you in a leadership position and currently finding it more difficult with the current times? You know, with millions of people leaving their jobs, it's harder to keep employees than, and you know, let alone get new ones for you. Well, I actually have an expert for you. Her name is Kelly Beatty, and she is the president at First Star Consulting Group and an expert in Train the Trainer programs for diversity, equality, and inclusion. Inclusion, sorry. Kelly started First Star to help individuals and organizations develop their staff and build their leadership teams. Emotional intelligence is a key element in the way she teaches and trains. With nearly three decades of experience training top teams and executives, and executives on emotional intelligence, she has become a renowned leader in the area of leadership development. Definitely check out her LinkedIn in the show notes below. Kelly, it's so great to have you today. Thank you so much for having me, Olivia. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So you've been doing this for a really long time. What are, <laughs> what are some of the things that, um, you're seeing come up now with, you know, and we're talking about, you know, EQ versus IQ um, and just how important that EQ is right now in the current times. Emotional intelligence, also known as EQ, is really becoming a top competency for leaders in organizations. They have got to be able to understand what emotional intelligence is, and then also be able to demonstrate and to help those around them have strong emotional intelligence as well. Absolutely. I feel like mental health has been something that's been put to the back burner during the pandemic in general. The toll that COVID has taken on the workforce has been extreme, where you have people, their worlds are colliding because everybody's working from home. Right. And so you've got you've got people who are trying to manage their full time jobs, plus with kids in school, having to manage that aspect as well, where you I know I have two kids in school and trying to work from home and make sure that they're on their Zoom call and they have what they need. And it's it really takes a toll. Um, emotional intelligence has taken a hit because of the online workplace where things have become very casual. Um, and so you, you see people in their homes, you see a side of them that you wouldn't normally see. And somehow that boundary gets extended, um, that professional boundary that we would never say things in the workplace that we feel comfortable saying on a Zoom call, right? Because you have that window into that personal space. 
you know, right now I'm in my office at my house, but it's not unlikely during COVID when my kids were home, you'd see a little corner in the window or you'd see a little face of a, of a, of a child who's like, mom, I'm on a break, okay, right? And so you're seeing people in both elements. And so being able to still maintain that emotional intelligence uh, and your, your, the listeners can Google emotional intelligence. There's tons of information about it. But generally speaking, it's about acknowledging and understanding where our emotions come from, and then also being able to relate to other people and understand where their emotions come from, and then how do we interact, especially when there is conflict. And so that's what, that's generally speaking, um, what emotional intelligence is really all about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with with being at a home like being in a more relaxed setting i know people are i guess more likely to like you were saying say things that they would not say um i myself when i was working my day job from home i I look at my office so differently as like this is this is it's work in here and then mm-hmm. when I'm away from it, it's away. But I know that people don't make that same. It, it, some, some people don't even have that freedom to do that. Um, sometimes they're working in their kitchens, um, you know, dining room mm-hmm. tables, you know. And um, I, I also, I don't have children. So it's not, the most that comes in is my dogs. Um, <laughs> and I, I literally, yeah. I have talks with them. I literally just told them, I said, I'm recording a podcast. You cannot come in here. And they just sit outside the door. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. But it's, but it's about, it's also about, um, you know, pets or spouses. My, my spouse had an office that he went to. I was very used to working by myself in my home office. And then with the pandemic, everybody was home. And so really trying to, it, it really takes a mental toll on people and they, I encourage everybody to have that mental check and to ask, are, am I really okay? Uh, because it, re- as people are starting to come back, there's a lot of anxiousness and anxiety. And I really encourage leaders to talk to their employees and to be as graceful with the rules going back to work as they possibly can. I absolutely agree. I, why, you know... Why do you think so many people are leaving their jobs right now? Uh, I, th- I think it's a, a myriad of reasons. Uh, one is they are in a position where they have to go back to work, back to an office, and maybe they don't feel safe, right? They don't feel comfortable. Um, the, the war on talent right now is unlike anything I've ever seen because everybody is hiring. You can't walk through, you can't go to a restaurant, you can't go, uh, I just took my daughter and one of her friends shopping um, to, for my daughter to spend some of her birthday money. I think every single store had a, we are hiring. I've been saying like, that too. The war on talent, yeah, the war on talent is absolutely incredible. And so I encourage organizations to really be mindful of what they are looking to to hire, what, what are the competencies, what are the critical um, capabilities that you are seeking, 
and then have that broad net to go out and, and search for that, that right candidate. But people are leaving their jobs because they can. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just, when I looked at the numbers, it literally blew my mind just yeah. alone. And I'm like, you know, the, and I recently left my day job as well. But I yeah. have to focus on my coaching business pocket. I know why I left. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm like, what are other people? I'm like, I don't think everybody's starting a business. I don't think that, you know, and I, I also think, you know, safety being a factor um, is, is a big thing for a lot of people. Um, I was on a hybrid schedule, so I was working in the office and at home. And I, and I really liked that. I liked to have the interaction um, with my like former coworkers, um, to still stay, you know, connected. And we're, we were pretty like rigid and not rigid. I had a great manager who handled the stress of COVID tremendously. Like I learned so much about stress mm. management and literally like just letting things go. I learned, I learned breath, like breathing techniques. Um, you know, you know, because you've got to, you have to do things when these situations arise. So like, what are, you know, when tensions rise, what are some of your suggestions that people have? Because tensions are, you know, rising. Things are, things are continuing to be stressed. Um, There's lots of things um, in the world today that is causing people to really worry and be concerned. And my my suggestion is first and foremost, pause, reflect, and breathe, right? Really, really get, I, I use the word reflect because oftentimes people get stressed out because they think they should be stressed out. Whereas if they really do a little self-reflection, it's, it's really not theirs to carry, Right. And so I, I was in an environment just yesterday where somebody was really upset over um, the, the policy to return to the office. And I started feeling stressed for them. And I, I had to just pause and say, well, I'm not a, like, I'm not a decision maker here. I can support the person through their feelings and help them understand. But I was taking on their stress. And we so, as humans, we so do that. We want to try to take it away from the other person. Whereas if we can, we, if we can lean in with some empathy and help that person work through their own stress without taking it on, it really provides a, a, a wellness for us. But empathy, empathy is so critical as well. When you're talking about emotional intelligence, leading with empathy is really, really vital. That just provoked so much thought in my mind because I am a very empathic person and I tend to, you know, feel literally like feel the emotions in the in the world <laughs> and it's crazy, you know, yes. and, um, and, but I have one thing that I've been working on is having, maintaining my own power, maintaining love because emotions are energy. And it's not that we can ever take away the emotion that that person is feeling. We literally are just taking it on. So it's being transferred to us and they're only going to get through what they got when they get through it. Like 
people only take their own advice right. anyway. Like you can, they can pay for other people's exactly. advice, but until they know that, you know, in their head that they want to take it, they don't take it. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And so when, when we, when we offer advice to other people and they don't take it, it causes us worry and stress because why don't they just do what we say? But you're exactly right. In I, in my role as a coach, I can give you my thoughts and my opinions, but it's really up to you to decide. It's really up to you to take that action. Um, when I go into organizations and they say, oh, you know, we want to, we want to make these changes. Uh, we want you to go in and you need to fix that person and that person and that person. And I always bring it back to, well, let's start with you. Right. And then I start making suggestions of, you know, maybe this can change and maybe this can change. And then they say, oh, wait a minute. No, no, we don't want to change, but you need to change the people around us. Right. So we really have to, it's really our own empowerment to make the changes that we seek. And often, um, majority of the time, it's a, it's a matter of us getting in our own way to stop what we really, what we really, really want. And um, I encourage, I encourage people out there to really stop and reflect and what is it that they want and to just wholeheartedly go after it. Absolutely. Like we can only control how we react to things. So maybe our perspective needs to be changed. Maybe we really, and that's where that reflection comes in, you know, taking a second, reflecting, okay, you know what? Maybe I'm overthinking this. How, how do I return this, this back in a way that will be beneficial for both parties? Right. And so, and so when, when we are, when we can pause for a moment and really being able to be in tune and that's the, that's really the critical component of emotional intelligence is self-awareness. I need to be able to understand my strengths, areas of opportunity. I need to be able to know what my triggers are. Uh, I know that if I am up late watching a football game and I've got to get up early the next day and I'm going to be tired, I know I'm going to be more sensitive to what people say to me. And I might even lead with, hey, you know what, Olivia, I I just need a minute to get into the office, right? I just, I just need a second to regroup. But it's my responsibility. It's like it's on me to be able to know that and then to be able to articulate that to other people. Uh, so often in, well, in the United States, about 80 to 90% of what's communicated is nonverbal, which leaves a huge opportunity for things to be misunderstood, Right. I'm reading your body language. I think you're I think you are saying this, but you are actually saying that. And so really being able to have what we intend to speak match the impact of how it's landing with people. That's a really long answer to your question. Uh, But really being able to be mindful and to say, if if I say something to you and you sit back in your seat and you cross your arms, it's okay for me to say, Olivia, what did you just hear me say? Because your body language changed. And so often we blow past those nonverbals and we just keep going, which just makes the conversation start to deteriorate. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, the person can be cold, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like they could they be like, you know,
know, are they, they might be thinking about their head might be somewhere else, you know, and we don't know that exactly actually talk. And I've learned through communication, people, a lot of people think when you say the word communication is, are we making sure that the person that is listening to us understands us? Every, all these people want to be understood, right? But really is your delivery being, how, what is your delivery to be understood? What are what you're trying to communicate? Right. Yeah. And so it's really, it's really about making sure that the, the message that I'm sending, you're receiving it in the way that I intend. Mm-hmm. Right, that you that you understand it in the in the precise way that I meant to say it. Uh, when I when I speak in front of groups, I will often use the example. You know, each of your listeners are hearing the exact words that are coming out of our mouths. Right, they they know the exact words that are coming out of our mouth, but based on their experience and their history when they go and they talk about the podcast that they were listening to on the way to work, each one of the listeners will have a different interpretation of the words that we spoke. Absolutely. Right. And so really being able to be intentional and to be, be precise when we speak. And uh, to your point, if I lean back and I fold my arms, I might be cold, right? I live in, I live in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And it, the weather turned on a dime and I think the high is going to be 42 degrees today. <laughs> so <laughs> it's chilly, right? But it's, it's about being okay with saying, what did you just hear me say? Cause I noticed that your body language changed or I'm, I'm reading something. Are you, are, are you okay? And it's perfectly fine if the answer is, Oh, sorry. I was just, I just remembered that my spouse asked me to go get milk. Okay. I just want to make sure that we, that we are still okay. Right. And that we're continuing the conversation forward. Absolutely. Um, when you um, are also like working with your clients, um, how do you build their confidence to have these conversations that they might find uncomfortable? I know a lot of times in the workplace, people, people used before, before COVID, people were afraid. People were in fear of losing their jobs. I don't know what happened, but it doesn't necessarily seem like that now. But, but I mean, I'm pretty sure that there are people still out there afraid of losing their jobs. Um, and they're afraid to speak up. And so how do you suggest empowering them to do that? It's really about focusing first on what do you want the relationship to be? So when, when I lean into a difficult conversation, I put forth that the relationship is the most important thing. What we're talking about is not about you personally. It's about a situation that occurred. And we take the people out of it. And then we can focus on the situation. And now we're being collaborative. And how do we solve this problem? I love that. It's literally a lot of times, especially younger people that are in the workforce, they start out and they take so much offense to what they do wrong. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it's, I'm finding this very common among millennials and Gen Zers that any little bit of criticism towards their work, they feel emotionally attacked and they don't realize that your work is not your worth. 
It's not who you are. It's literally Correct. just a reflection of what you did at this specific time. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah, how do you like suggest they um, separate themselves from that as well? Because I mean, I have my own theories, but you're the expert. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's really just about helping them to develop um, maturity in the professional environment and to often, uh, I, when I work with that, when I work with the millennial group and the Gen Z's, I let, I share with them and say, you, you are very valuable. You've got a lot of incredible ideas. When you look at what the, the two younger generations have done as it relates to the workforce, they have moved the workforce forward faster than any other generation, right? When I, I am, I am um, Gen X and I would like, I would never think to ask of some of the things that the younger generations ask for, right? They come in and they say, oh, you know, I'd love to be hired, but I'd like to start at 10. I'll work till seven or eight, but I want to come at 10 because I want to do yoga, or I'm going to go surfing, or I'm going to have this other thing going on. And the older generations think, oh my gosh, that's so, like, why would they do that? And I think that's brilliant, because why wouldn't you ask? Right? And so when giving, when giving the, the millennials um, or the Gen Xers that type of feedback, I make it very clear that you are, you are here to do a job or you're here to help to contribute to the organization. And as you're learning, we're just giving you feedback. It's, and so I position feedback as a gift, right? If somebody is kind enough to me to give me feedback on something, I welcome it. Thank you so much. I didn't, I didn't see it in that way. I didn't. And so it's really about coaching them to that mentality to say, thank you for that feedback. And it's, it's not to say that they did anything wrong but it's about bringing in a different perspective. Absolutely. So we tried to, we try to pull away from right and wrong. And it's really about talking about what is the, what, what, what did you put on that report? And maybe, maybe you did something to the report that I didn't think of and it's actually better. And now I have got to manage through the change because wow, you just innovated that and it's a much stronger report. Right. And so being able, being able to, to talk with them and help them understand that, hey, we're just giving, like, we're just talking. It's not that you've done anything right or wrong. It's just how can we collaborate to put the best output there? Something for me that's also helped me, and you kind of mentioned it, but it's the idea of having a learner's mindset versus a judging mindset. Yes. And yes. And going in, and that is one thing that has helped me with my own personal growth the most and letting go of my ego, because there's a lot of egoic stuff that gets in the way of your own growth. And people don't realize that their subconscious mind will not allow them to feel comfortable outside of their comfort zone. So it's going to feel a little unsafe. You're not going to like it at first, but learn from it. And grow from it, like you were saying, but that is that one thing I feel like is so underrated in, and that's, that's really helped me with my emotional intelligence as well to not take crit like criticism as a personal attack. And cause you start when you have a right. judger's mindset, 
a lot of times you're judging yourself and you, you start this yeah. cycle of negative self-talk and then that doesn't help your mental health if you've got, you know, a bunch of other things going on because everybody's got things going on in their lives outside of the workplace. And then if you feel like, you know, and we tend to focus on the negative, we can get five positive compliments and like they can say, you know, one negative thing and we're just stuck on that whole negative thing. And it's just like, no, 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 no. This is an opportunity for you to grow and become a better version of yourself the next time. What will I do the next time? I'm not going to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and uh, I love how, I love how you use the term learner mindset. Um, I use something similar with a, a growth mindset, mm-hmm. right? To be, to be in a, it's, and it's, it's um, the same thing in the fact that I want to be able to understand that people have different ideas. I have my own thoughts, but people have different ideas. And if we can work collaboratively, those coming together, we're going to come up with something better than any of us can individually. And to be able to lean in, um, I think you, I think you hit it straight on. When we get defensive, it's usually, it's usually something within us. Like they, they hit a nerve. So if I turn in a report and I know that it was Friday afternoon and I was rushing to get out of the office and I really didn't put my best effort into that report. And I knew I probably could have done better. And my supervisor comes over and says, can we talk about the report? I'm going to start to get defensive because I'm making assumptions that my supervisor is going to be angry about the report that I didn't put the best effort into. Right. So it's, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier about self-reflection and why are you feeling the way that you're feeling? If you are really honest with yourself, it's usually something within you that's that trigger. It's something that you haven't reconciled with yourself or you haven't come to terms with. Uh, because the when you are when you're confident in the work that you're doing, it's easier to accept that feedback because it's not personal to you. You know you did your best, and yes please tell me how I can make it better. It's when we start to have those uncertainties within us that that criticism feels really like a personal attack. And that'll only keep you small. It will not allow you to, like, let's say you want to get higher in a, if you're not in a leadership role or you have your, like, let's say you're in middle management, for instance, to the people listening, and you want to really get into upper management. And I feel like middle management in America has, has been hit the really, really really hard because it's like, they've got to, you know, they've got to deal with their team that's working, you know, really hard. And then they've got their bosses that are on their necks. And it's like, they, it's stress from both areas, you know, both directions. And I know everybody's got their different stresses, but how, how do you suggest um, they, they handle all of the different directed stress in a high stress environment. It's really about balance and really being able to understand what the key priorities are. The best leaders focus at least 60% of their time on their people. Right. So um, one of the speakers that uh, is just 
he's like my go-to speaker is Simon Sinek. Um, I, I love Simon Sinek. And so one of his talks speaks about you, you're not in charge of people, but you need to take care of people who are in your charge. Right. So it's really about leaning in and helping to support them when when leaders are clear in their priorities and they know what they need to get done in which order, it will minimize the stress. And it's very common for, you know, if I'm in if I'm in a middle management role, right, my supervisor is going to put stuff on me and kind of keep piling and it's okay to manage up and to say you know what that is fantastic i'm so excited about being on this project i do have a b c and d can you help me make sure that i understand what the what the right priority is because upper like supervisors or upper management right my boss they have stuff coming at them as well and they may forget that they just assigned you three or four things, right? So it's about building that relationship and having that conversation and saying, I am thrilled to be part of this. Help me. Help me prioritize. What can I do? The other thing that I suggest is to delegate. Delegation is often viewed as I'm dumping, I'm passing the buck to the next person because I don't want to do it. But if there are things that you've been doing for a really long time, Take a look at your team and is it a developmental opportunity for somebody on your team to grow and to learn? Um, you asked earlier about why I think people are leaving their roles and it's because they don't see a future. They don't have a path forward. And if, I, if you came to me and said, you know, Kelly, I think you have really high potential and I want you to take over this report. I think it's gonna be great for what you want to accomplish. Uh, and pass that on. I'm getting added responsibilities to help me grow. Uh, and then you also asked the question about how do I go from middle management to upper management, right? I need to be able to understand what that job is. And so by taking on some additional of, of those responsibilities demonstrates that I'm capable to take that next step. I love that. I love that. Prioritization is key. Um, learning how to really prioritize and, and asking upper management or, you know, whoever gave it to you, how they want that to be delivered and delegating. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you on delegation. It's not to just pass off things that you don't want to do. I love, I love the idea of um, our concept really of giving other people the leadership opportunity opportunities, because I believe that real leaders create other leaders. And I, I will use the term leader in front of any group, really, because leader is not a title. Leader is a mindset. And leadership is about the ability to influence other people. The greatest leaders can walk by and say, hey, Olivia, can you take care of this for me? And you don't even blink. You're like, absolutely, I would love to take care of that because they built this environment of collaboration and if they are asking you to do something, then it's important and you're valued and you're the right person to do that. And so by, by expanding and having a mindset of, you know, I might be a formal leader, but how do I build the influence with the people around me? 
I think that that's also another thing that we're missing since COVID. We're missing collaboration and those opportunities. We're really missing the human connection and we truly need to be in our own spaces. We get it to be in our own mind a lot more. So we get to think a very fixed way and not look from Mm -hmm. other perspectives. And, And so going back into the workforce and seeing other perspectives, it's, it, it, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's a hard transition for a lot of people um, mm-hmm. to make. And I understand that, that fear, but it, I mean, this is just really, it's making me think about so many different things, but I really do feel yeah. like we're missing um, connection, the workplace connection that we used to have, how would you suggest building that company culture up to have a more collaborative um, environment? Yeah, if you if you are still working virtually, and a lot of organizations that I know have decided to go permanently remote. And it's really about finding fun and different ways to connect with people. Um, if there is a standing staff meeting, have an icebreaker. Get to do something fun that brings joy into the into that environment. Uh, talking to people, um, there are like a number of different icebreakers, but just talking about things that are not work. Uh, when you when you start a meeting, let's go around. Let's talk about something good that's happened since we talked last, or uh, one of my favorite icebreakers is two truths and a lie, where everybody writes down two things that are true about themselves and then one thing that is not true, and everybody has to guess the lie. And it's a really fun way to connect with people. It's about about finding different ways to go back to being human and to go back. We talked earlier in the podcast about in Zoom, we have a, a window into people's homes and the boundaries have gotten a little bit blurry, but we, when we get into these virtual meetings, we launch right into business. Okay, this is our agenda. This is what we're doing. This is what's happening. Um, and to find ways to connect with people at a personal level. Being able to remember, hey, you know what? How, how are your dogs? What's going on with your dogs? Or, hey, you know, how's your mom? How are your, how's your family? Uh, really being able to relate back to the human side of work. That is one thing that I'm very grateful that my manager did do. Um, she, she would check out and check on people's mental health. I know that upper management mm. was not necessarily doing that, but she would, you know, call us on Zoom and be like, you know, how are you doing? You know, is it, it and it's not just, and my husband was deployed during, um, mm. during the beginning of 2021. And um, so me being in the Midwest by myself with my dogs, I have friends, I'm okay. <laughs> being in this cage and I was training for a bikini competition it was it was insane but I really appreciate her you know hey how are you doing and I I love the and I don't even think that it's like small talk or like surface level conversations when you remember like someone's daughter's birthday like your daughter's birthday just recently came up and you were just talking about that you know what I mean like yeah remembering that we're all human and it's we're we're on this team and in the workplace we're on a team together and we really Mm -hmm. we're 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 sitting on the same side of the table 
And we're all going through our different levels of stress. And um, that, that also brings in having that empathy um, and, and just being more relatable. And then it's, I feel like it lets things go. And it's like, okay, we've talked, you know, we're humans and let's talk about business now. Let's make sure like we can do this mm -hmm. and get things better. And what can I help you with? Or is there anything, you know, you know, you can help me with or blah, blah, blah. They, those mm -hmm. I feel like the, that makes it more comfortable. I know other people don't have yeah. that opportunity in their work environments, but I think that that's something that should be implemented going forward because organizations are going to have to do something to change. And so a lot of organizations are really trying to, are, are, are working very tirelessly to accommodate, to try to, to try to make that change and to really help um, with retention and making sure that the, the, work set, the workforce that they have are in a good mental place. Uh, to really be, um, and I, I love, uh, several of my clients have told me that they call each one of their employees on a weekly basis. It could be five minutes. How are you doing? In a very genuine, just how are you? Not talk, I'm not talking about work. I'm not talking about the report. I'm talking about you. How are you? Are you okay? Um, and just little, little acts of kindness go such a long way. Absolutely. People want to feel like they're valued and that the company cares about them, um, that their leaders care about them. And so finding little acts of kindness to connect, huge payoff. This reminds me of the saying um, for in sales, you know, people buy from who they know, like, and trust. People work for who they know, like, and trust. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, 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 and Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's such a big thing. Well, you know what? Kelly, thank you so much for coming on. I feel like we provided so much value for the listeners today. Is there anything else that you'd like to say? No, thank you so much. I, I so enjoy talking with you. It, it was such a joy. Same, same. I really, I really did too. I feel like I, I learned so much. Like I was really like, you were saying things. I was like digesting it back. Like, oh, I get it this way, you know, because, you know, we, people think differently, but, and say things differently. Yeah. But I hope that the listeners definitely from the two of us, you know, and you being the expert really gains some true value out of this and can implement it in their workplaces, especially those that are trying to retain the employees that they currently have. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Empowered Woman Badass and Unfiltered Podcast. If you found any value in this, please consider sharing and subscribing. Now go out and be a badass. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.